Hey, welcome to that badass podcast. I'm Kaylee, your realistic nutritionist, helping you find the balance between green smoothies and red wine. And I'm Ashley, the creator of Royally Fit, that went from obsessive exercising and calorie counting to living a free, unrestrictive, and badass life. We are here to build a tribe of babe-supporting babes so you can thrive in your fitness, health, and mental wealth. So if you like to keep it real, raw, and controversial, welcome. Let's get started. Boom! Nailed that shit! (laughs) After like 18 (laughs) tries. All right. Hello, everyone. We are hanging out today in Spare Room Studios with Kaylee and our friend, Michael McDougall. So Michael McDougall, we are going to be sharing his story today because he went from zero, basically self-made to seven figures. And why I think this conversation is important because right now we have a ton of listeners who are entrepreneurs and it's really it's really trendy, let's say, for like women to be supporting women in business. But I think it's also important to hear a man's perspective. And it's also important to have like that masculine side to it. And on top of that, to hear from somebody that's been in the business for 12 years, not somebody who's just been maybe running an online business for two years. So Mike is going to have a lot of amazing information to share with you guys today, especially for anybody that's in the entrepreneurship world, whether you're a real estate agent or not, because that's what he is. Um, But there's going to be a lot of valuable information to give to you guys. And Mike's story, it's really unique and it's special and it can be very educational. So welcome, Mike. Thank you. That was a really good intro, by the way. (laughs) So to get things started, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Just for our listeners, at the very end, Mike is going to answer a couple of the questions that you sent in. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So before that, we'll be going through like his story and how he kind of like built his brand and his business. And then after that, we are going to be going into like your real estate questions. Yep. All right. So rapid fire. Here we go. How do you take your coffee? Just two milks. What's your favorite book? Uh, one that I just, just recently read, um, and it is, uh, start with why by Simon Sinek. Oh, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite, but I just read it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I would definitely say anybody in business should read that book for sure. I have heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. It's on my list. Um, what are you currently binging? What TV show? Um, okay. We just started the third season of Hand, Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Uh, Becky and I, we've watched obviously the past two seasons she really likes it super depressing super depressing <laughs> but season. it's so addictive it yeah but it's starting to lose me a bit because it's almost too depressing like especially before bed <laughs> you're just going to bed like sort of in the fetal position crying that's why i've been putting off watching that show because i'm like too empathetic that like i feel like i'll just cry yeah, and you, cry. Do, you do cry a lot matt would say the same thing before it's bed he's like why dark. are we watching this in like murderous shows <laughs> yeah. before bed i'm like yeah what i like yeah there's too many scenes of just like darkness and people crying and don't they yeah. film a bunch of it in Oshawa yeah they it was did? on like the Mary Masson area was um like the O'Neill area there they were filming a bunch of it this season I haven't really seen anything this season we're on episode three but it does get better yeah it, I'm hoping it, it, so it's a slower I'm, I'm ready, season I'm ready to call it a better. day with this but <laughs> we just finished season three of Stranger Things as well too oh. which I think that show is awesome yeah the best I honestly would say it's one of the best yeah. shows ever yeah and then Another show that we we just were trying to get through. You know when you have you're already invested in a yep. show and you're just like I gotta fit. I used to love Suits. It was awesome. Harvey, I don't know. Do you guys? Do you guys watch? Yes, Suits? Yeah. I love it. Stop. Like the man, still. but it is so bad. Like it is so hard to watch. Um, but again, like we're invested. We're like we just gotta finish this season. I think they're on yep. the last season now. Like actually filming it. Um, 
it's still like a good show, but like the dialogue is so bad. It's almost like they just need to wrap it up. That was yeah. like me with Grey's Anatomy, but it never Same ended. With us. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm done. On. It's still going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. We've After Derek died, season. I was done. Yeah, and now watched, I can't watch it. Oh, uh, we've watched every season of that too. That's like Becky's like all time <laughs> go to. And she'll rewatch the seasons. I tried like, to recently start rewatching it and I had to shut it off. I'm like, this is too cheesy. Re- I can't watch oh, it. Oh, God. She's probably rewatched them like. I'm not joking, like four times. Wow. She's, she's just like that, Maybe it's though. the men that she likes to rewatch. Probably. There are some serious Probably. hotties on that show. Yeah. You're right. Mix steamy or whatever. Mix, oh, yeah. Mix something. Both mix. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, next. What's your favorite food? Um, I love sushi. I literally just jammed a ton of sushi down my throat before I get, get here, so I wasn't happy to see we're in a very small room because it just burped. <laughs> and, and it reeks like my dynamite roll, but... Yeah, I love sushi. Uh, like steaks, like a big go-to as well, right? I'm, yep. I don't know. I love all types of food. Like every type of food, I love it. I I agree. I'm the exact same. Yeah, I'm not way. picky. Um, what's your go-to cocktail? Uh, gin, soda water, three limes. Mm, I like yeah. it. Good and choice. soda water instead of tonic. Not that I'm a super health freak, and I'm sitting here saying that. Just we didn't even get into the tonic, and then I have tried. I just find it super, super sweet and tastes completely different. Yeah, me soda. too. It's, I didn't know like that tonic had all that sugar in it. Yeah, until well, recently, I never liked tonic, but I thought soda and tonic was basically the same thing. So we we're we we're in Barbados, Becky and I. We we're like, we need a new drink because I was drinking like you know Ryan Ginger. I was like, I cannot stand the pop anymore. It gives you a horrible hangover, right? You feel bloated. Yep. Oh yeah, and. So she's like, everyone's drinking gin. Like all of her friends started drinking. We were just like, I can't handle it. But I was like, let's just try it. And she looked up tonic water. Like we were literally there at the bar um, at the resort. And she looked at the sugar content. She's like, why don't we just do soda water instead? Yeah. And like we both like San Pellegrino and stuff. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah so we both love it. Uh, but it's got to be three limes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yummy. I do vodka soda with lime. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. Um, last question. Oh, wait, two questions. Okay. Where's the best place you've ever traveled or been on a vacation at? Oh, we need to travel more. It's hard with our young kids. Um, best place. I don't know. We go, I mean, it's not the best place, but we go to Bahamas quite a bit. Becky and I, we can get away for three or four nights. It's so close, right? We were just at a wicked four season resort there that was just like heaven. The food was like unbelievable and everything was freshly made. Mm. And she's got a gar- garlic allergy. And usually at those places, you can't, she can't eat. She's like, allergic everyth- to garlic? Yeah. So like <gasps> everything's marinated in it. So like this was like, like five star, like everything freshly made. They just make, made everything fresh for her. So like that made the trip wow. as well. Yeah. This food's a big part of going yeah. away. And That's travel. like ninety nine percent of the reason I travel is for food. I know. So <laughs> when it's like you're at a normal place and like you can only eat a salad and like a chip. Yeah. It's like okay, great. And I'm sitting there having like the best meal ever, right? <laughs> yeah. So this resort was awesome. Just from like yeah, the dining. It was just the whole experience. Yeah. Right of everything. Can't so. go wrong with the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. No, it was amazing. Yeah. Last question: Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, shit. That's not the last question. We do have one okay. more after. I have always had a massive crush on Jessica Alba. Fair. Like, Good like choice. Blue. What's this? Blue what's Crush? Blue Crush? This no, that wasn't it. Yeah. No, no. No, that wasn't it. That Into was the, the Blue. Into or the Blue. Oh, yeah. Like the swimming scene? Yeah. She's under the dynamite. Water? Sorry. Yeah. And she's like a the good whole, person. Like that whole mermaid thing that she was doing under the yeah. water. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Alba is pretty hot. Yeah, and yeah. smart as shit and yeah. badass. Yeah, she's so yeah, she'd be one of them. Um, well, I have a uh, one question, just one more because I'm scared. No, no, it's not going to be inappropriate. It's because last time Mike was on our podcast, Uh-oh. he couldn't figure out his favorite quote. Oh my God. <laughs> so I just want to have a follow up. Do you do you have a favorite quote? 
One of my favorite quotes right now is from the Start With Why book. Uh, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And we can talk a bit more about that and what I think that means and how that makes sense in like every business, right? Whether you are selling real estate, like mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. running an online business like you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if it's selling jewelry, putting tires on a car. Mm-hmm. I think people buy why you do it and not necessarily what you do. Yeah, 100%. I actually yeah. read a book called Why Women Buy okay. and it's same concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah for all, sure. I, I mean, not that I've read that. that book, but I gather it's pretty yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so let's get into the whole business building stuff then. Okay. So, you know, you've been in this for 12 years. Yeah. So you got into it, what, at 22, 23. 24? I was 23. Okay, 23. Yeah. Oh, right in between. June there. 1st, 23, got my real estate license. Okay, awesome. So, like, what did that look like for you? Like, did you have, like, a huge investment? Did you, like, how did you start a business? So I was uh, totally broke. Um, just cause I was 23, right. Didn't have any investment going into it at all. Um, got my real estate license and just sort of, not that I thought it was going to be easy at all, but thought that, um, you know, okay, here we go. That's what I'm doing now. Right. Mm-hmm. And knew that failure was not an option though, but getting into real estate with very little money is very hard because of the investment you have to make up front. Um, I think it's a lot different than certain businesses, but and you can't really impress your clients taking on listings and having no money to market their listings or wow them. So yeah, like you know, I got a ten thousand dollar loan from TD Bank, right, mm-hmm. which was gone in two weeks. And anyone in real estate would totally get that, especially when you're brand new. So ten thousand dollar loan was that before you got your real estate license, or was that after to kind of get going? No, that was right when I got it, just okay. to like get going. Okay. okay. And, and then, so that was for marketing and stuff. Yeah. That was for marketing. Every vendor in the world is trying to sell you your pens with your names on it, notepads, all these things. And when you're brand new, you sort of think, oh yeah, I need all this stuff, right? I need all these fancy looking things and I need to, you know, have a wrapped car with my name on it. And I need to show people that I'm super successful already, which is complete bullshit because you're brand new, you're 23 and you're, you know, still living at home and, and you're, but you're trying to, you know, fake it before you make it type thing. So Learned very quickly that like it would have been smarter to you know possibly have an investment set aside, but again, not everyone has that opportunity. And yeah. I didn't come from, you know, a family that had you know a bunch of money to sort of say, hey, you're gonna start your own business. Here's fifty k, make it work. Yeah, right? I just following up that. How did that feel at being twenty three? And taking out $10,000 and knowing that you had to just put it out there. Like, was that really scary for you or did it feel immediately right? Because I know as a new entrepreneur, like we have to invest a lot of money and that's scary as shit, especially when you don't have a lot of money. So how did you even wrap your head around that and not get hung up on now I'm 10K in debt? Like, how did you continue to be positive about that? Well, I I even had a co-signer on that too. So now you're thinking like, okay, I can't fuck this up because... Like my parents are the co-signer and like, it's going to go to them if I'm not paying this back. Right. It felt horrible. It wasn't a good feeling. It wasn't all of a sudden like you have, you know, and like knowing now how quick that went. Um, and even today, if I was to start with something like that, you couldn't even make that work. But I relied on my, who's now my wife, Becky, right. Who, um, you know, super lucky that I had someone who really believed that I was going to make this work because she trusted me with her visa. Right, because I was sort of like, okay, I'm that 10k is gone. Yeah. Um, I'm getting business coming in because I'm just pounding the pavement. I was doing everything I could that was free to get business. It was sort of my model was to talk to as many people as you can every single day and find people that want to buy or sell. And um, my confidence level was always always super super high. So Becky even today said you've always just been like naturally 
really good with people. And like, even today, people, every single testimony I get, there's the words confidence in every single one of them. Right. Um, but going back to that is she just sort of let me use her visa to pay for a lot of these things that I need to pay for to build it up. But it was like for, for a good year of doing that, which is a shitty feeling. Right. And she, she got into dental hygiene. So she had a good job, but it was still like, Oh my God, like if I don't make this work, like not only is I not paying it back, is she going to leave me because I'm a huge dud. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was after the 10 K that you gotten from the bank. Yeah, like that was so gone. then she was, so then she was kind of supplementing beyond that 10 K yeah. with, with her credit card. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was, it's amazing. Not too many people would do that. Right. Not, not also knowing like, you know, obviously her, her belief in me was super high because yeah. I don't think she would have done that if it was sort of one of those things where it's like, I hope this works, but she also saw me like, I think it was a huge like mindset shift when I just got like, you got to treat this like a job, like a nine to five with overtime. And too many people are just sort of strolling in the office at noon. Cause I was seeing this strolling in, open up their laptop, playing like, you know, whatever on Facebook or whatever. And thinking that's work where I was getting in there early, working super hard, trying to make a career out of this and like really not coming home until I had a, uh, an appointment booked, like yeah. straight up had to have an appointment booked or I'm not going home. Yeah. Right. So how, how long did it take until you started to feel like you were actually becoming successful? Um, I will say two years, um, just because it, that's when it started getting consistent, right? And mm -hmm. in real estate, it's really hard. And that's what most people struggle with is the consistency. Um, cause you get paid upon closing. So you can sell a house today. If it doesn't close for six months, you're not getting paid for six months. So yeah. you got to build those up to get, you know what I'm saying? To get consistent. So you got to keep, keep getting those closings so you can sort of look at your year and go, okay, I got X amount of closings. Now that's sort of a consistent paycheck as if I was working. Yeah. But that took a, a good two years from, from start to sort of that two year mark where I was like, okay, this is starting to get consistent now. Money's starting to come in and consistently. I can just now, now start building my business on this because before I was just doing things before I could even afford it. Yeah. Which that's sort of what you got to do to be successful sometimes. You got to take that leap and that risk. Like, I know we're jumping ahead, but like my office that I have now, like I could not afford that when I bought that. Like mm -hmm. 100%, as well as I was doing, that was a huge undertaking. Not just the property, but the reno, the rezoning. And then not to mention, I found out I was having twins <laughs> the day of closing. So you're just going, holy fuck. Yeah. Right? So, but again, sometimes you got to do things I find and, and not out of like, you know, um, stupidity and just going and spending everything but you got to take those risks sometimes when they come up calculated risks yeah to, okay. to know like this is this is my vision and i'm gonna make this work and i just i work really hard and, and i'm very motivated when i know i need to accomplish something okay so that that leads into a really good question for our listeners so for those of those for those of the women that are listening that are into entrepreneurship whether they're just starting or like they're fairly new into it right what would you say are like a couple tips to like to maintain that like positivity and like where to invest or like, you know, like just tips for like a new entrepreneur, because it's, it's really easy to go on Instagram and say, I'm the yeah. CEO of, but like, where do you, where does it move into becoming a sustainable and successful business? Yeah. I think like it starts with like leveraging. And I think I'm from sort of day one, I, I'm really good at realizing like, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? And again, that goes back to hiring my, you know, my first true admin who's still with me. And at the time probably couldn't really afford to take her on, but I knew I am not going to grow my business by doing things I shouldn't be doing every day. 
So, you know, people that you're talking with are entrepreneurs. I, I wrote out a list, things that I shouldn't be doing, things that I should. And I sort of call it like my one thing, right? So I know what my one thing is every day I need to do. What's the list of things I shouldn't be doing? And then I need to replace that with someone that's really good at it. I am horrible at administrative work, right? And that's sort of, that, that makes sense for who I am and my, my um, personality. Yeah. But I need to find someone because my business survives off of support, admin support. So I need to find somebody who is amazing at that. So I think, you know, going back to that, I think it's like you don't try and do everything. Do like the one or two things that you're really good at that you know the business will build this way. The business isn't going to build if I'm not prospecting and not following up. And if you're not doing what you're meant to do. Exactly. If I'm there doing paperwork, putting lockboxes on, ordering up, you know, for sale signs, inputting listings, uh, you know, exporting all this, all this crap that like, I don't even, I don't even know half the stuff my admin do. Like I do, but generally like it's a lot of systems, then the business won't grow. It will. And that's the problem with most realtors and business people is they get super busy being busy because they, they did things to get them that way. And then they stopped doing all the things that made them busy. And then they go, well now like I'm back down here. It's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Because you stopped doing Everything that got you busy. Oh my God, I can resonate with that right? so much. Right, because you, oh, yes. you didn't have the proper people in place. And yeah. it's not easy. I'm not going to sit here and say it was easy. I mean, I'm 12 years in and, you know, I have a really good team now that um, is, is running really well, but this didn't happen, you know, year one or two. This was a few years into the business that I sort of got that. So if somebody was new in business, would you maybe recommend that they get an investment so they can maybe pay and outsource for those things that they aren't so good at? Because some people are probably listening and being like, oh my God, like, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Who wants to do what they're not good at? Yeah. But what if they can't afford it? Right? What if that's not yeah. practical to them at that point? Or they're feeling overwhelmed. Like how do we motivate them to move past that? Um, I would say right now, like there's lots of different options with like virtual assistants that are a lot cheaper that don't necessarily have to be working, you know, here in, in even in Canada uh, that you can afford. I think getting some sort of a loan or like, I think with any business, you should have a business plan in place and yep. like, there should be something there that you have to dip into. I think starting a business from complete scratch, like I did, it's just, it's going to prolong your success. So I could have been more successful probably earlier on if I just said, hey, I got 90 days to pay an assistant, but I'm going to make it work because I'm just going to do everything I'm good at and that will grow her position, my position and the business and then I'll be able to keep her on. Yeah. So I think it's just like, you got to just be really relentless and super passionate about success and not sort of, I sort of want success. It's got to be like you live, breathe, you get up in the morning and it's like, I'm not do, I'm not coming home until I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing, especially as women, is we pride ourselves on being multitaskers so that we can do everything. And so a lot of women when it comes to business are like, well, I'm not going to spend X amount to have someone design my Facebook ads. I'll make them or, and I'll make my own email list and I'll make the funnel and I'll do this. But it's like, you have to realize that your time is valuable. Yeah. So let's just throw out a number. Say you were making $50 an hour doing what you do. Yeah. Rather than going and doing something that you could pay somebody $20 to yeah. do, rather than spending your hour, like you have to think about it. Okay, well, even if I'm paying that person 20 bucks an hour, I can now do the work that makes me $50 an hour. Right. So I'm still making $30 profit. Yeah. And a lot of, I think, especially women, we don't think that way. Our, our minds are just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note that is that like all the being busy and being productive are two totally different things. And I think a lot of women get caught up in how busy they are, but they forget that it has to be productive. 
Yeah. Well, that and with the online realm, there's like a lot of people that are online right now that are starting their own businesses, whether they're on maternity or they're stay-at-home moms wanting to move into becoming an entrepreneur and finding their financial independence again. They're not realizing that it takes a team behind that as well. Yeah. Right. And so there's this like facade online almost that like they're doing it, this one person's doing it all on their own, but they don't realize that there's obviously a team behind that. A whole team. Yeah. And then so sometimes that's worth the investment and it could be worth talking to your spouse like you did with with Becky. And it's like, hey, like this is where I'm going, but like I need more money to do it. And then, you know, that was a discussion and she she supported you with that by providing you with a credit card, right? So like- Here's my visa. Yeah. And then like, so- What's the max on this again? Yeah. And I've had to have these discussions with Matt when it comes to like making the um, investments that we have just this year. I mean, not even considering the 10 years of Royally Fit, it's just this year. Right. Is that like- are you okay if I make less, in, less of an income yeah. as we start to invest more, right? Like you have to have these discussions because it success necessarily won't, some people just get lucky, yeah. right? Some people just get lucky. But like the reality is that it takes a lot of work and it takes strategy. Like you're saying, and it takes like a business plan and it takes investments. And this isn't meant as a conversation to scare people, but, but more empower you that like if you're starting your business and you are hell bent about getting um, to a point of what, you define as success that like there's going to be some level of investment whether whether it's financial emotional and time-wise yeah and like i said because yeah i don't i mean i don't want to scare people into thinking like you're gonna get this big loan and, and you know do all this to start but like do as many things too as you think like like i wrote a list out of like hey what is free for me to do right now that i could still get business yeah door knocking cold calling bank days showing up at events right just being there handing out you know, fly, like those things were like, like putting stamps on envelopes myself. All those things were like very minimal costs to build a business up to a level where like, then you can start spending money to grow it. Right. So I'd say who's ever starting what, you know, whatever business they're starting, what's the, like the, you know, what takes them the least resources to really get it going. If you don't have that investment, cause I'm not expecting everyone to have this chunk of money to start their business. I'm just saying it's a lot easier if you have some sort of investment to dip into. And I mean, I know you know that as well, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it isn't cheap to do, you know, anything out there. But um, yeah, I'd say like it just uh, with, you know, going back to Becky and stuff, I think she just realized that I was, you know, not going to fail. And this was just something that is like temporary. And I know a lot of listeners were like, well, why didn't you have a part-time job? Right. Probably like, why weren't you making something else? I know I wouldn't be where I am right now if I only did real estate part-time. And anyone that comes in my office and we get them weekly that wants to pick my brain and say, I'm still working, you know, cutting hair, trying to sell real estate, but my real estate's failing. I say, hand in your notice tomorrow. Like hand it in. If you can't do this, like a hundred percent, I don't see it. There might be a select few that make it work, Mm -hmm. but I don't see many people doing real estate or any other business that they want to be really successful at part-time. Yeah. Right. I think you have to be devoted. And yeah. You got to jump in with both feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're kind of talking about some of the things that you did financially to, to start to grow the success to a seven figure business. What did you do with your mindset? Well, I mean, this was something where it's like, okay, I'm 23. Um, and it's really funny because my clientele that I was attracting wasn't anything close to what people thought it would be. They, they all thought this guy's going to come in and do first time buyers. And it was all like 60 year old plus, right? Like retired people selling their stuff. But um, my mindset around all this was I just have to be super, super prepared because people are interviewing me and I'm 23 and they're interviewing people that have been in the business for 20 years. But sometimes those people sort of slack it sometimes and think I'm so comfortable, you know, 
And I'm like, I'm going to just be so prepared. I'm going to know absolutely everything about their home, their location, the market. I went to as many courses as I could, Mm -hmm. right? So just education, education, education. And I still do that today. And I think it was just being over-prepared, right? To just like, and and that's how I was impressing people. Because I think they were just like, well, I think they expected me not to be that good, right? When they were talking to me. But I think being over-prepared. So I just shifted my mindset into that. I just got to be like a sponge, absorb as much information as I can, and then just deliver it as well as I can. I love that you say that because I think so many people go and they take a course or they, like for me, for example, I'm a holistic nutritionist. Yeah, I graduated two years ago. I can't just leave it at that. Nutrition's never going to stay the same, right? Like we're always discovering new things. So I need to continue to take courses. Just like real estate, things change all the time. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, your education has to like always continue. There's always courses. You never stop learning. Never. No. And there's always going to be curveballs that come that you don't expect and you need to be prepared for those. Well, I mean like technology is always changing, right? That changes how we do business. Clients' needs are like at an all-time high now, which... I love it because our systems are designed for that on my team where other people cannot handle it or put up with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Denver next month to another convention, right? And some people are always like, you know, why do you go to these things? Like you're at this level, right? But it's like, that's why I'm at that level, right? And I maintain it because I am going to these things and I'm learning from, in my opinion, like people who are the best as well. So, so basically you would say confidence is key, but also not being too comfortable. Yeah, confidence is king. Yeah. Not yes. just key. Confidence is king. But yeah, never like take the ego aside, take your pride aside. Um, people expect when they walk in my office that my feet are up on my desk and I'm leaning back and I've made it, right? Especially newer agents. They just think like, oh my gosh, this guy's done so much business. And I'm like, man, I'm not even close to where I want to be right now. And that they're usually the reaction is like, what? But it's like, to me, there's like, there's just so many more things. There's so many more families you can help in this, you know, industry. There's so many um other things you can do with the business, right? So it's not even like, yeah, confidence for sure is 100% has to be like amazing, but the education like year after year after year, right? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that like there's there's got to be a level of a financial investment. You have to have some confidence and you build your confidence by continuing your learning, by continuing your education. Then there's that level of, you've, you've kind of touched on like getting in the community a lot, like right. doing the things that you can for free yeah, and like really putting yourself in there. And then ultimately what sustains this is your growth mindset. Right. So like, it's like having that mindset that like, I'm going to keep going and going and going and going for more. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's just like, it doesn't stop. Um, I'm never like. I never settle. I'm never like, you know, I'm happy where like the business is. I wouldn't want people to think I'm not happy here, but like I'm, I'm sort of, I am never happy either. Cause I feel like it can be like, it can always just be like, you can just be doing more and more and, and figuring out ways of doing more too. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me saying like, I'm never happy didn't say that sounded very depressing. No, I didn't, no, I, I, I didn't mean I it that way. You're not fully satisfied. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know what you're capable of. That's when you guys need to come in and correct what I'm saying. No, yeah. but I, I yeah, I'm not fully satisfied. Yeah, you know yeah. what you're capable of. Exactly. You know what potential you have, and you're like, yeah. I'm not going to stop until I yeah. have to, yeah. <laughs> until I die. Right? Yeah. Like you're motivated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about is how you've done this while also like maintaining like a really good. Um, family, right? And right. building a family, really. Yeah. But before we get there, I just want to touch on one thing for our listeners, for those that are the entrepreneurs. Talk about community and how important that has been to building your business. Yeah, I mean, again, like going back to like when I started, I was really into branding and branding myself, branding my name within the community that I've grown up in, right? So 
now that I'm at the point where I can give back to the community because I feel like they've supported me with the amount of business I've done within Durham region, the amount of referrals I get from the community that I don't even know a lot of these people that refer me because of what they see. Um, it's like a huge mission of mine to give back to as much as much as I can to the community that, you know, I feel like it's been really good to me. So, I mean, we do that through, you know, community events, whether it's, uh, you know, barbecues, movies. Um, we love to, you know, we've donated our time at, um, you know, t- you know, the YWCA book, you know, um, what's it called when you get the books? The book exchange? Thanks, book exchanges, stuff like that. Yeah. And we're, we're huge with the food banks too, right? Yes. Putting food on the shelves. And, and that really goes back to just like where I came from and, um, being in food banks on the other side, you know, receiving the food with my, with my mom who raised four kids on her own. And so like, that's a soft spot for me that I know what it did for our family. Yeah. And I want to be able to do that for others that, that can't afford it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and this year alone, like we're going to do a, we're doing a really big Christmas market at the office. Um, that's a public Christmas market. And again, we're going to ask for food donations, toy donations, stuff like that. Just so then we're able to give that to, you know, families that, don't wake up and, you know, see a ton of toys under their Christmas trees. And I mean, I've delivered, hand delivered, you know, Xboxes to those families. And it's, it's crazy, you know, um, how less fortunate, you know, certain people are. And I always tell my kids that my spoiled ass kids sometimes, right. Where I'm just like, I need to take you right around and like, see some of this stuff, man. Like you guys are so, even what I like, you know, went through here and there as a kid, like you guys are so friggin' lucky that you mm-hmm. have what you have. Mm-hmm. So anyways, giving back to community is always like high up on the list. Huge mission of ours to just do it as much as we can. Um, and I think, you know, what I love is hearing other business owners saying, well, you actually have inspired us to do this. Yeah. Right. And like, 100%. we never, we haven't done this for 20 years and like seeing what you guys do driving by your office and seeing what you guys do, like you're inspiring us to give back more, which in turns makes the community a way better place. Right. Yeah. Okay, I do have one more question before we move to the yeah. um, family stuff. How, I don't even know how to really ask this question, but like you, you got in the business 12 years ago. Social yeah. media wasn't like it is now. Right. How important is social media to your company and like building your business and your brand at this point? So it's important. I mean, it's important now. Social media is huge now. Um, I do feel like, and you and I have chatted a bit about this. I feel like you should have, a sustainable backup plan still and not have a business that completely relies on it because it does change a lot. Yes. Going back 12 years ago, I started posting on Facebook before there was Facebook ads. This was before Instagram existed and agents were calling me saying, what are you doing? Why are you using Facebook? Like it's sort of like, um, a conflict that this should be confidential information. You're posting about like clients in your day and stuff. But I, at that point I was like, man, I feel like this is the way the industry is going. Um, and that was way before Facebook was huge. So it's important now because we have 50 to 60,000 people on our social media platforms a week. So that's wow. our website and social media platforms that come through. That's not the, that's not the amount of followers we have, um, but that's the people coming through our sponsored ads um, a week, right? And I mean, Jana, my marketing director, always reports those to us every Monday and it stays pretty consistent. So it's important because that's a lot of exposure for our clients. Like they're getting, a, you know, our listings get a ton of exposure because of that. Um, so I'd say it's very important social media. Um, but I think you have to be very strategic how you use it. You can't just sort of put a post up and think you're going to like, you know, get all these calls. It's gotta be, um, I mean, that's why I have someone helping me out with it. Right. But I'd say you should have a backup plan. You shouldn't just rely on that. I, I think it's, it's amazing seeing how quick some people have built their businesses over social media, but I also know how quick that can fall. If rules are put into place, you know, ads 
add rules are put into place. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that should be a, a hundred percent your game plan. Um, and this is just because I've, I've been in for, through it for 12 years now. My biggest resource still or source for business is referrals, right? Yeah. 70% of our business last year was referrals. These are people that are brand ambassadors out there that love what we do that refer us. These are past clients, family, friends that all refer us. I always want that to be our highest because that's when I know one day I can pull back on all that advertising and I can rely on like those referrals are going to keep coming in. And they convert quicker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a warmer, it's a warmer lead. Yeah. I think so many people put so much focus on the advertising and getting new clients that they forget about the clients that they already have and right. how important it is to have loyal customers. Yeah. Because if you do an awesome job and somebody buys a house and they're thrilled, yeah. Everybody that comes to see their house are going to be like, oh my God, I worked with Mike McDougal. Yeah. It was amazing. You have to work with him. Now all of a sudden, these 10 people know about how great you are yeah. as opposed to scrolling on social media and being like, oh, that's another real estate agent. Scroll, yeah. scroll, scroll. Like yeah. word of mouth is so important and people keep putting social yeah. first. Social media is very important, but word of mouth is... Yeah. Well, because it's, it's really easy. I know I cut you off right That's there, okay. So Go ahead. Do, I'm going to do that a lot today. She's used to it with I, me. I, I was going to say, you're used to it with that. But like, you're, you totally hit it there. It's like, it can become so oversaturated and yeah. it's so easy to make something look pretty. I could be a day in the industry and just go pay a grand for an awesome video and look like I've been selling real estate for 10 years. Okay, so I it. have a question about this. And I know we, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but I know that you are kind of, especially in this community, like the king of social media. You have these awesome Facebook videos. You have like comedy videos you put up. Do you find that there's a lot of people that just are copying you? And with that said, that's where I think loyalty comes in and word of mouth is so important because if somebody sees a video that was copied that's similar to yours, they, they don't know who came with it. Right. Came yeah. first. I just want to give a little bit of context before Mike answers. Yes. Your, your videos are very different than the typical right. real estate agents. Yes. So you guys throw a little bit more humor. Your office is a little bit more like edgy, uh, funky. Ed yes. So like there's, there are like, you could go and copy any real estate agent. Right. Some people just be like, yeah, whatever. But like, there's a specific like style that you have right. that would be a little bit more obvious if somebody copied. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it goes back to like, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And back in the day when I got copiers, it would be this toxic cloud over me. And it would ruin my day. And Ashley, who's now my office manager, she would know like, that he's going to have a bad day today. He just found out someone's copying his ads or copying his videos or copying his ideas that maybe he spent thousands of dollars on and tons of time and resources. Um, everyone always kept saying, oh, man, it's, you, you should just feel good. Like, it, it means it's working. I hate and and I know that. everyone like you guys have had it right and uh, you just I hate you it. just People like, are like it's it it's flattering flat yeah. it's flattering yeah it's, yeah. Fla Fuck it's flattering that <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah it's not flattering to my wallet right yeah <laughs> but but I got over it um and I think you have to reach a certain um I think you have to go through it you have to go through like the downs of it because you're, you're never just gonna be good with it um I think it goes back to lots of clients noticing and then them saying hey they still can't copy who you are. And as much as they want to copy you and try and do exactly what you do, they won't deliver it. And that's why I love that quote, right? That Simon Sinek said, cause it's so true. It, you can just sort of look the part and like make this look pretty online and, and do whatever. As soon as you're in front of them, they're going to realize like, is this like the authentic person that like is what I'm seeing over here? Yeah. And like, I get it all the time in the chair at the dining room table when I'm being interviewed and they'll say like, we see so many people that try and mimic what you what you do, and we know it. So it's like people do notice it. It's not like you're just thinking, oh, they're going to think like they came up with that idea. And I go back to like I go to the States a lot for ideas. I don't come up with all these ideas on my own either. 
And I go to high level people that are doing high level business and we sort of mastermind and share ideas together because we respect each other's businesses. So I've gotten over it like, um, like completely. I don't care. I have like the blinders on. I know I chatted to you, Ash, about this a couple months ago too. And I have other people reach out to me and other businesses that are going through, like, I hate how this person's copying me. It is like an open book out there on social media. You can expect it's going to happen when you reach a certain amount of business and people see, oh my gosh, McDougal's, you know, successfully selling in the top five out of 6,000 agents every single year. They're going to copy what I do. Yeah. Not just social media stuff, but the billboards that we do, like any ads. And I honestly, I don't care anymore because I'm just focused on like where I want to get to and people will copy you. Well, you gave me a little bit of tough love when we went through it this year. It yeah. it really, like, I I hate to even admit that it affected me more than it did. Like, it, it really affected me and affected my confidence and everything. But it's probably good that you went through that. Like, honestly, I'm telling you, because I, I got like that. Maybe not as, I don't know how it affected you really, but, like, I know it, like, yeah, confidence-wise, everything. It but, really shook me. Like, it yeah. really, really shook me. But, and I'm happy, and I mean, people had copied me before, but for whatever reason, this particular company it really really bothered me and it hurt my soul yeah and you gave me some tough love and you're you use the um analogy of putting your racer like the horse races yeah and like you put your blinders on or whatever and like you just don't look no and you just can't look and like it's yeah you just you have to stay in your lane and i get the whole like there's abundance for everyone and i i agree i do believe i really do believe that there's abundance for everyone and i yeah. do believe that we should all be supporting each other but i don't think that you should be copying somebody to a point where it's really really that obvious i do think it's good to get inspiration from people totally. and that's how we all learn and and we get inspiration yeah. from people right but yeah there's that level of like if if they're friends with you or there's like a, a working relationship or whatever then like some people are just it's it's part of business business can be cutthroat yeah. and business can be you people get weird with money yeah. and and it's it's gonna happen it's part of the job and, well, it's, and, and it's because like everyone tries to put everyone against each other it's competition and like I always say, I don't have competition. Yes, there's 6,000 realtors out there. but And I'm not saying I don't have competition like I'm better than all of them. I'm just saying there's clients for me and then there's clients for that guy or girl. Yep. And when clients totally. ask me, like, why are you better than the other person? I will always say, how about you interview that other person and then you tell me. Because right? you I'm might be better for here. one person but yeah. not the other. Yeah, I'm going right? to tell you everything I do in my pitch and then – you go ahead and interview them and then you tell me which one's better. If they're better than me, then go with them. That doesn't mean they're my competition. They're just better than me. Yeah. Right. And if you think what I have fits with you, then I'm the best for you. I don't really like this whole like competitiveness. Like where am I going to get to number one? Well, Mm -hmm. number one doesn't really mean number one anyways, depending on how you get there. I just think it's like, there's a market for everybody Mm -hmm. and the people that will copy you guys, copy me, uh, there's a market for them that maybe the market isn't there for you anyways. Yeah. Right. And to me, it's going to work itself out, but I think it's so important to just stay laser focused at like your, your goal. Right. And then you're going to have those bumps and like those shitty times and people copying you and business and you losing money over certain bad investments. But end of the day, if you have that end goal, you will get there. Right. So, so, so you don't get to a seven figure business without failure. So what did right. some of those failures look like for you? I think like the, one of the biggest things is not having any business sense starting. So all this money, you know, coming in when it started to roll in, but not really knowing like, you know, I should have a profit and loss statement each month. Where am I spending my money? Like literally $50,000 a month going out on expenses and not really knowing like, what am I tracking? What's working? What's not working? And that's a lot of money then. Like 
that I'm throwing out there, seeing if something's going to stick. So I think like my advice to li- the listeners, you know, who are building business, have a business plan together, profit loss, track everything you're spending, make sure you know what's working, what's not. One of the first questions we ask a lead that calls in is where'd you hear about us? We want to know where do they hear about us? What's working? What are we spending money on that's working? What can we cut out that like nobody cares about? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll help your bottom line at the end of the day and it keeps you well more organized. Yeah. Is there like a, cause I know you're all about systems. Is there like a system you have for that? Or is that a particular role of one of your employees? It's a, it's a role of one of my, uh, staff and they were trained from, um, a big accountant firm to track all that. And they went through the training for that. So then we are very organized and like everything from like a stick of gum to, you know, whatever you're buying is logged in there in my business. So I know exactly, I can look at that each month and, and know, what are we spending money on? What are we, you know, what can we cut back? Cause you go up and down in markets and when the market drops, like I did a couple years ago, you better not be spending the same amount mm-hmm. because you're going to, you're going to kill your profit margins. Yeah. Right. So I run my business off 30% expense expenses, right. A year, uh, is, is my business is keeping that under 30% and 70% profit. Right. Yeah. And well, and that kind of goes back to the beginning where we're talking about like some of the things that you did to get going, which, which is investments. And then Kaylee mentioned calculated investments and that's where, cause it gets, it can get really addictive as an entrepreneur to want to keep consuming and, and, and buying more things and more things right. that may work. Right. So, but when you have a business plan in effect, then it's like, no, like once I reach the certain yes, amount, like right. I, I can't do anymore and you have yeah. to be smart about it because it's when you start overspending and getting excited about consuming and trying out so many things is that when you start to get into a profit loss and then you lose your motivation yeah right yeah and i think like it depends like yeah it can be dangerous because sometimes you can be very motivated by taking those risks like risks motivate me right like i love buying a property you know uh as an investment and and fixing it up and renovating it because it's just sort of like i just love seeing that end result but you know is it the right timing for that as an entrepreneur though sometimes there's never a right timing and when you have that mindset of always just wanting to jump in with two feet it can be I think that's what's good with Becky is she'll be able to sort of hold me back sometimes on like, Hey, like, let's just wait till the other three renovations are done. Right. And and before you get into something else, plus your business that you're running. Yeah. But I think like, like you said, you're never satisfied because you just have almost that, um, addiction to just like success and seeing like the end result. Well, for me, like, I don't know a stat, I'm going to just throw a stat out, but let's say 80% of entrepreneurs are risk takers. Okay. Right. And like we get the, it's like a part of the thrill. Right. And so like, maybe, let's say maybe 20% of entrepreneurs kind of just like fall into that because that made sense to them. And it was very calculated, but I would say a lot of entrepreneurs are, we get to the level of like, you know, more than like, let's say six months or two years of like sustainability in a business because we keep taking risks right. where it gets tricky is that we're such big risk takers. And that's why we are entrepreneurs to begin is because yeah. we're okay sitting in that uncomfortable is that we want to keep taking risks and taking risks is that you need somebody to come in and help you take calculated risks. I've made a, I've made a lot of bad decisions and risks because yeah. I'm very impulsive right. and I, you take a lot of risks and that's good because that's what's helped me to gain in a lot of areas, but then it can help, it can go too far. You need that, that person, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a family member, whoever, an employee, whatever, to come in and be like, okay, like let's just push the brakes on this one. Yeah. This might not be the most sound investment right totally. now. And like, maybe let's revisit it in six months or something. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think the other failure too is being an entrepreneur and not getting like the taxes and the HST portion when I was brand new, not realizing. This is Kaylee's big thing. Yeah, I yeah. just heard her big deep breath right there. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> because like, what I was going to say is that 
a lot of entrepreneurs are very creative people, but we're not always, and I'm speaking for myself, the best when it comes to numbers and all that stuff. I'm kind of like, so again, instead of trying to do things yourself, hire a bookkeeper. Yeah. Like that to me is like a non-negotiable. That is one thing that you need to make sure is taken care of. Yeah. So as much as I don't know much about that stuff, my bookkeeper does. Yeah. And I send her and we have a whole system so that I know that it's getting done and it's not something that I'm spending hours and hours on where again, I could be say making my $50 an hour and maybe I'm paying her $30 an yeah. hour. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. And that's like, that goes back to that whole leveraging doing leveraging hiring people that you know are good at what they do yeah because that when you're brand new can creep up on you so quick right that you think you're making x amount and then all of a sudden it's tax time and you're going what what's what's tax time as an entrepreneur look like Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look good it doesn't look like it's other jobs and so i'm glad that i fortunately had ashley when i started to help me and introduce me to our bookkeeper but because of all of that, I was prepared. I had the exact amount that I needed for my HST at the end of the year. I had the exact, actually I had a little extra when it came to my income tax because I'm like that. And I was like, well, if they say I should save this percent, I'm going to yeah. add a couple percent just to be totally. safe. But like, I think that's a huge mistake people make. They're like, yo, I just made $75,000 this year. My first year, that's great. And then yeah. they haven't paid any no, of these things. Nothing. And all of a sudden it's like, I owe $20,000 yeah. in taxes. Yeah. Like you have to be smart about that. And stuff. that's like, that's one of the things like, when I train agents, that's one of the first things I say. And they're always so weirded out by why is this fucking guy talking about taxes? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so one of the first things you guys need to know is like come tax time. So I'm going to tell you how much to put away off each of your commission checks. And they're usually just like, well, I want to buy a new fucking watch and like, you know, all this shit. And I'm like, no, like this will kill. You might think you're making good money now. This will destroy you mm-hmm. and like put you in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. Right. So make sure you're putting, you know, I forget what the calculation breakdown that we have. And it depends on what obviously they're making. But um, yeah, like when I was, you know, newer, the first two years, that was something I just didn't, I wasn't knowledgeable enough on it. And I think those are the things that we should be taught in like the real estate course, any other business course, like that is something so important because people go upside down and that is a really bad way of starting your career. I remember getting a tax bill for like 110 grand and I was like, what the, and I was like young, right? I was like, what the fuck is this? There must be like a typo. And like, there was no typo, oh my right? God. And I was just like, okay, like I just obviously miscalculated something. Right? <laughs> yeah, just a little so bit. So Becky, remember that visa that was maxed and I thought I was paying it off? You might have to give me a couple more months with this because <laughs> this shit, this shit has to be paid quicker than that. But that's how real it can get, right? Oh, yeah. And like that, and there can be way bigger bills than that. So I, uh, that's like, you just should be organized. And that's why I teach clients. Like, I know what happened to me. So yeah. I was like. You don't want that. I'm telling you, you don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, and again, they'll either, you know, 20% of the people will listen to you. The other 80% yeah. will be like, yeah, whatever. I'll figure it out when it comes time. And then you can see when it's tax time. It's the, it's the funniest thing in the real estate world because you can see which real estate agents have not done it properly and the ones that are super fucking depressed and like desperate to get deals done. I was so pumped because I had two grand left over. Like I oversaved. But then being the person that I am conservative, I was like, oh, I'll just keep it in there. And then I'm already ahead of my taxes for next year. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) It's funny. It's funny you say that because um, Kaylee and I are going to be doing this new series, which is you're going to be the first episode that's titled Unsexy Business. Okay. Unsexy Business Chat. And it's these things that people necessarily don't want to hear about, but it's very, very important if you're an entrepreneur. I've been audited. I've owed thousands of dollars more than I thought I owed. And it 
it was so, I used to try and do some of these things on my own. Right. And it's, it's insane. It's asinine that I yeah. even thought I was going to be capable of that. I remember sitting in my parents' basement with like all these different receipts and I'm trying to calculate things. Didn't even know how to use Excel at the point, I know. like just horrible. Right. Yeah. And it's like, until I made that investment into a bookkeeper as like, that is like, yeah, like some people are like, Oh, I don't want to spend that money. That is to me, that's money better spent than a Facebook ad. If that's, if you only have say 150 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month, like put that towards a bookkeeper at the beginning and not towards a Facebook Well, your bookkeeper is going to save you money because they actually know what they're doing. Yeah. Like odds are if, if you're you doing it yourself, one, yeah. you're probably going to fuck it up. Yeah. And yeah, either will. owe more money or you didn't pay enough when you were supposed to. And like, to me, it's just like, if you can take that clutter out of your yeah. mind and that stress, get rid of it. Yeah. By yeah. the way, this is, we're all getting audited next month, eh, by this conversation. <laughs> yeah. on who's listening to it. Bring it. But, I'm but, good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> my year end is the end of October, so it's going to be like just, you yeah, know, yeah. a month after this, yeah. so we'll find but out. But you're right. There is nothing sexy about talking about like, you know, expenses and taxes, but it is 100% the most important thing going into business, knowing like what, what you need to do with that income once you start making. Because everyone looks at me like I got like, you know, money falling from the sky, right? Amazing office right on Harmony. They don't know what's behind all that. Mm -hmm. I have a picture of a check to the government for $360,000 for my tax time, right? That I had to send, right? They don't see that stuff. They don't see like the payroll. Yeah. And, and the best part is they don't see the market go to shit, but those bills keep coming. Keep yes. coming. Yes. And it's no offense to them because they don't get it, but it's like, those are the things as an entrepreneur and owning your own business. Those are the things you sign up for in good or bad markets. Yeah. Right. And you want support and you got to hire people and like you're, you're, you know, they're making a living working for you. Well, you're going to support them through those shitty times when we have bad months, good months, and maybe things don't change for them. And it changes for you though, as an entrepreneur. So everyone always looks and thinks like, you know, you always like, whether it's real estate or owning a successful business, you always got it made. You go through ups and downs all the time, but if you know your expenses your profit and loss, then that's where you can stay successful all year because you just adjust. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people don't know the difference between gross and net income. No, they don't. And they'll be like, oh, Worldly Fit has X amount of mo members and they charge this price. Oh my God, they must be making this. And little do they know, like insurance, membership fees, like everything, e just, MailChimp. Just, just email, uh, or just like transaction fees. Yeah, like the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. that go into just running the transaction business. fees are thousands of dollars a yeah year. just even yeah. like um our, our memberships of being able to stay a personal trainer and a nutritionist like yeah. i we all have these annual things we have to pay and i don't i think people want to be an entrepreneur because they're like look at that money they're making and it's like a lot of that money is going right back into yeah. the business yeah. and, that's and, the, and again i'm not saying this for people because the way i said that i don't want people feeling sorry for entrepreneurs or like no, saying like, like oh poor me i have to deal with this it's just I'm saying like it's no, yeah it's not all like glamour. If I was keeping everything I'd making, yeah, I'm on a friggin' yacht somewhere, not in, <laughs> not living in Oshawa, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, you don't keep everything, and there are expenses that go. So yeah, it's not yeah. a sob story. I'm super happy where I am, but you need to be really smart about it so you can stay. Yeah, you know. I don't, I don't think it's a sob story. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but like it's more of just like we're. I wanted this episode to really help educate our listeners that are entrepreneurs about business and like how do you how do you create create a sustainable business and a successful business 12 years down the road right and it's like sometimes it's these unsexy things that you have to do and yeah. it's like these unsexy conversations that like it's not as hot as talking about branding it's not as hot as yeah. talking about messaging it's not as hot about talking about these things but these things are important it's like 
like, so yeah, it's, I, I don't think that you're coming off negative. I think it's just, it's a reality. Realistic. And we're trying, you're <laughs> yeah. trying to give tips to people that if you're getting into business is that like, make sure you're doing it smart so that you don't get discouraged. Yeah. Right. Or and so you don't shoot yourself in the foot year totally. one because you didn't know you had to pay taxes. And then yeah. all of a sudden you have no money to continue your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's move into a different part. Um, before we finish off with all, like all of our like Q and a from our listeners, not all of them, but just a couple, um, is like, what does growing a business while growing a family look like? And how do you do that successfully? Cause I know a lot of people look up to you and, uh, you know, they see you and Becky and like a lot of people admire your marriage. And I know that might be weird to hear, right. but it's, it, it is reality. And they, they see you have a family of, uh, you know, with three children. And it's kind of like, how did you do that simultaneously while you're building a business? And how did you do it while still having fulfilling relationships at home? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is like, I'm not saying my family's like building a business, but it's the same sort of model where it's all about like key people you have. Right. So at my work, I have my office manager, listing coordinator, you know, a video creative team agent. So it's like all key people. And at home, it was sort of the same thing, finding really good people. Right. Like, you know, a part time nanny, um, you know, a dog walker, like little things like this that like helped out with time because mm-hmm. I'm huge into time blocking and like time is very important to me. So all these things made it easier for us to raise, you know, obviously our having twins is a, you know, a bit more of a challenging, um, thing. It's a transition. <laughs> call it's a transition. It. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> but it, like that was crazy. But, uh, you know, we had a kid before that too, gray, who's six now. So it's like having three kids, but wanting to be there for them, you know, nonstop and not miss anything. It was like, it was really important to find key people to help us out with that. And even babysitters. I have so many friends that have not found a babysitter yet. And it's either because they haven't asked for referrals or they're just too, you know, scared to ask one, which I totally get, or they rely on their parents all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just knew like we had to find someone really good. Cause I can't rely on our parents every time. And like, we still have to live a life and we're very busy. I have events I got to go to. I want my wife to be there. I want to have date nights with her. So I got to find someone really good. Just like how people ask who's a good realtor. And they say me, I'm like, who's a good babysitter. Mm-hmm. Right. And ask people, you know, so I don't know if I'm going off on this no, question, no, but no. It's, no, I like it's it. what I usually do. But it was, so it was all about building this, this team at home. So it allowed Becky and I to still have an amazing marriage. People are so surprised when I tell them I'm at every soccer game with my kids, every swimming lesson, every gymnastics thing, every fuck, they're in a lot of shit, T-ball. I'm there at every single one because of time blocking and having good people at work and good people at home. And I think if you don't have that at home, that's where you sacrifice the marriage, the frustration that it's too busy. You're sort of like two sailing ships going by each time, right? Like you're not really seeing each other because you're grabbing your kids to go this way. You're going this way. And yes, it'll get tougher as they get older because some parents are probably listening like your kids aren't even, you know, that old yet and wait till they're in more sports. But I think we're always on the same page and we love like spending time with each other, which can sound cheesy to you or not. We actually legit love spending time together. We love going on trips together we have so much in common, right? Whether it's, you know, going to Toronto to go shopping, staying, you know, staying the night at a hotel, going to spa, like all that crap, right? Like we just legit love the same things. So I think like maybe some people don't share those same things. So it's sort of like, I don't care to go do that. I'd rather go do this mm-hmm. where we just enjoy spending time right together. So, um, 
I don't even know if I answered your freaking question. Well, you, what I'm getting from it is that you just made it a priority. And sometimes yeah. that means asking, it's like, it's delegating. Like yeah. you're saying, it's, it's finding that I, I do, I agree with you. I do know families out there that won't have a babysitter and they take pride in that. And that's great. Yeah, but yeah. for me, we have both sides of our family to help with Rowan, but I still don't want to ask them all the time. And that no. shouldn't be their thing to do every time that Matt and yeah, I want to go I, on a date. And like, I'm not downing the fact that you don't want to ask for a babysitter. It's just like, we just, I just... I want to have that date night still. Yeah. And like the only way to do that is to get a good sitter because yeah. I'm not going to ask my mom yeah, every time. You literally are investing in your relationship. Yeah. 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 So it's just like one of those things where it's like, this is a non-negotiable and it still is like, we still have something set up for every single Tuesday night right now. Yeah. Right. Every Tuesday night we can either go grocery shopping together, go for a coffee, go for, you know, a date night, a movie, like, every, and maybe people are thinking, holy shit, once a week you have that set up, but like, it's just there if we want it. Yeah. So right? I think the key basically has come down for you is time blocking. Yeah. It's how you make all of it work. And I really like listening to this with you because Ashley knows and all the listeners know that like one of my fears about getting pregnant is I'm like, I have so many things I want to accomplish in my career. Right. Like I feel like I just, just scratched the surface of figuring out who I am and what I want. Yeah. That I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have a baby, am I going to be able to do that? And like, obviously Ashley's like doing it. So she's right. a great motivator for me, but also hearing from you of like how not only are you like getting by but your relationship is like in a really great place you're right. not missing your kids soccer games no. but you're still kicking ass at work and right. you figure out how to delegate and i just love that it's it's complicated but really when you break it down to time blocking it's not that complicated and it's not out of reach for people well it's it's time blocking and it's also trusting yourself that you'll commit to the time blocking because a lot of people can time block but like if they haven't made it a, ha a habit then they're they're like i don't know how people find the time like you're still finding the time to netflix binge you know right. which is it's like it's you have to be very committed to yourself and you have to trust yourself that you're going to do that time block so when you say and like as soon it's just like if somebody keeps canceling on you when you've made a plan with a friend you're like you eventually just it, it, you're like they're just going to cancel again you will get that same relationship with yourself if you always um like basically like go off and veer off from your time blocking so if you time block you have to be committed to that and you have to you have to like gain confidence in yourself that you're going to stick to it and if you can stick to it it sounds like you can fit things in that are of priority to you yeah because i think i think that's honestly what i picture as successful it's not necessarily you know having a seven figure business or, you know, a certain amount of money in your bank account, that's all great and everything. But I think success is how many people rely on you each day that you can, you know, um, achieve their goals, right? Like I'm talking about clients, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then your family that relies on you as well to be there and show up. And I think it's great to be that person that's working 24 seven, but then they miss out on everything else yes. that is not success to me yeah. and that might be success to someone else i'm not putting that down but to me it's like having both and could i make more if i put my family on the shelf 100 percent, i could right i could run myself completely like crazy but make more money mm -hmm. but that's not what success is to me it's like having both seeing my kids grow up right and you gotta remember like i didn't have a dad that watched me do that stuff so like it's really important to me that I'm sitting there watching Gray play t-ball, yeah, right? Or like we're driving, you know, Cohen and Quinn to gymnastics and I'm there because I didn't have that. And so that probably has something to do with it as well. But that to me is success um, because anyone can be really successful if they work super, super hard at something. Yeah. But to have it both, um, where a lot of people in my industry are missing out on that second piece, Yeah. 
that's just not cool to me or successful to me. A lot of people don't factor happiness into their success. And to me, it's like the biggest component of success. If you are truly happy, what that is success. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a seven figure business or maybe, maybe times are tight and you're not making a lot of money, but you're really happy and you love what you do and you get by. Like success is different to every single person. It's individual to what your wants are. I I have to throw in there too, that I think it also depends on the season. You had some time to build your business before the family was injected into that. Right. So like the one thing that kind of breaks my heart that I see a lot online right now is these brand new moms with like two or three kids I know, and they're trying to build a business right now and they're just running themselves dry. Like, like it's just, and, and you know what, for some people that works for them, but then I just wonder, and I'm like, maybe it's not the season to do this. Like maybe it's not the season. Like I, I was doing this a little bit at the beginning with Rowan and like, I, you know, I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't take time off. And like, I got to hit the ground running again. And like, I wish I had given myself some more grace. That wasn't the time to build my business. Right. That's not it. That's my time to like be present in my business, but nurture. not, but and, and nurture it, but maybe not build it. And I, it took me a bit to realize that. And it's like, and if it builds on its own, that's one thing, but I can't put pressure on myself where I'm staying up until midnight every night and then waking up with a kid to try and like make that business go and succeed. However, it's different priorities for everyone and different visions for everyone, different success for everyone. But the one thing I just wanted to like inject in that is like happiness is also dependent on the season, right? And so uh, like growing your business and your brand might make you very happy. And, but maybe that's more meant for like six months down the road or a year down the road or three years down the road when maybe you're not in the thick of being a new mom, right? And it's like, if, if you're making it work and you're a new mom, that's great. But if you didn't build that business before, please don't put the pressure on yourself to like all of a sudden crush it right now that like, those are times you will never get back with your family. Yeah. Like you're saying, like if you don't show up to certain things that like you will never get back, like I will never get that year back with Rowan when I was putting so much pressure on myself to do it all. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and I'm not saying that to sound like you're saying negative or discouraging no. or whatever. It's just that that wasn't the season that I needed to start focusing on my business growing right that was the season I should have just been letting it coast and focusing on becoming what it is to be a new fucking mom yeah right and it's like so uh, uh, you know and there's a lot of with social media it's really confusing right now to see all that happening but it's not like that like when people see you as successful they don't know what happened six years before before you had the family right and like before you kind of figured it all out along the way right and now you're doing it great but it's like if somebody was to become a real estate agent right now they just had a family of twins Right. And like, that'd be different for me now. Like I was able to set the people up on my team that I needed to then have this family. Yeah. Yes. If I had gray and the twins in the last four years and I just got into real estate, I wouldn't be at those soccer games. I wouldn't be at those T-ball because I'd be like building that business. So I was fortunate enough to start so young in real estate, which when I got like being 23, like the average age was like 45. Right. So it was, I was very young in an older industry, but I was fortunate that I started it at that age to yes, build it and plan all of this in place. So then, yeah, I can have a family and be there because I got the amazing people in my office that I can rely on that can also get the job done if I'm out for an hour. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a really good point because it does it wherever you are in life, there is a time and place for it to maybe start Yeah. or maybe you need to wait and start, you know, in a year or two. Yeah. Right. Just like how Kaylee was freaking out about, you know, having a kid and like, what am I going to do? But it's true. It's like, but she's already going to be a couple years. I was going to say, you're sort of, you're you're building your business now. And it's sort of like, you know, that 
you will have a business built by the time maybe that rolls around, Mm -hmm. right? So definitely I was fortunate for that. And again, like for all my, you know, friends, family, everything to trust and support me, you know, at that young age, because a lot of people could have easily gone a different route and not used me, right? Because they thought I was new. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things fell into place. I won't say it was definitely all of my hard work. It was a lot of trust and stuff from like the community, friends, family, Um, and then, yeah, now being able to raise my family, um, still, you know, work crazy hours, but be able to time block. Mm -hmm. I just don't know anyone successful that doesn't time block. Like show me who they are. Cause like, I need to like meet them (laughs) because anyone who in my business at least, or like, you know, very high level success, they are, they all talk the same with like blocking in. Like I know my day the night before, right. Or I know my week the week before. Yeah. What application do you use for time blocking? So we use, I mean, we just use a Google calendar throughout my office, but it's a team calendar. So everyone's stuff is on there. Um, We have a couple other systems that we follow up with um, in between like my creative department um, just to see like where certain things are at. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, like videos, like where's that coming? Certain ads that we make. Um, I forget what that ads or what that uh, system's actually called, but it's pretty simple stuff. Like we have a program that's like for our database called Top Producer that we have all of our you know, clients or past clients, leads, ABC leads, and all the notes are there. So we know exactly what we said to them last time. Everything's really well organized, right? Like certain funnels that are all organized. Um, but yeah, like the time blocking thing is just a Google calendar. Uh, it's like the Google mini app or something on your phone. And, and then at home, it's the same thing. We have a big calendar in the mudroom that's all written up and anything that needs to be booked, Becky knows it needs to go on my phone. Because like I just I follow my phone calendar, mm-hmm. and if like today at two this wasn't in here, I would not have showed up at the door because mm-hmm. I literally just follow whatever's next. Yeah, right. And I remember you know I said to you guys today like there was not a minute to spare before getting here at two, which sometimes I'll have five minutes to chill out. Like I literally had to tell Nicole order me sushi and go pick it up for one, so when I come back I can scarf it down, and I got to meet with Jana right before I go to uh, do this podcast. Right. Yeah. So it's like, but again, like I already knew if I don't eat before two, I'm going to be a hangry bastard and yeah. I'm going to want this podcast to end. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I just like for their benefit, for Kaylee and Ashley's benefit, just make sure there's sushi here on the counter when I get back from my appointment. Yeah. Man, I really want sushi now. Sorry. Yeah. Do you time block social media in? Oh yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. yeah I love social- it. Well, I mean, cause we do, we do creative meetings. So that's typically where we'll, we'll time block social media uh, ideas, ads are running. Like we know what ads are running that week, right? So Mondays are, our creative meetings. Um, there's four people in on that meeting and we literally go through what ads are we running this week? What ideas do we have for the following week? So does that include Instagram stories? Instagram stories. Um, yeah. Instagram posts, boosted posts, like whatever target Man, audience. I gotta get after. better at time blocking. Yeah. yeah. It's been like something I've been, I've been trying for I've been trying while. to get Kaylee to time block on Google with me now for several months. And she's like, I yeah. didn't get the Right. Yeah. Well, there's something wrong with my computer. We know that. That's it, not it, my fault. It is a it is a commitment. Um, it's a like a huge working process. But I've had so many people that I've trained say like literally, you changed my career by like installing time block into my mind, and like I've doubled my business just by like being relentless with like following my schedule, right? Like like because we do a thing called like you know follow up, follow through, follow back, and I, every single like my day my day pretty much looks like. Do you want me to go over my day or am I just going right into this? No, sure. Go, okay. go for it. So, um, cause this is like sort of like we're on the time block conversation. So every morning's the gym, right? So that's sort of like my anchor. Like that's like, I need to go there not to like, um, just feel good or look good, but like, it's like a mindset thing, right? Yep. That's like your phone's, your phone's not on you. 
and like you're at the gym and you it's it's one hour out of the day I don't have my phone on me. Mm-hmm. And which, what time do you go to the sounds gym? Sounds pathetic, at? but like no, that's yeah. important. It's like that's the only time I don't have my phone on me. Um, eight fifteen, just because I drop Gray off at school, uh, so I have to go with a later one. Yeah. But that will change September because all the kids will be in school. So I'll now go to the 645 class. So gym every day, like I said, that's the anchor of the day. It starts me off on the right foot. And I know if I don't go to the gym that morning, the, the morning's already off. And I'm in a fucking bad mood. I agree right? in the same way. Yeah. And, uh, and in no way am I in great shape or anything. But like, it's just something where it's like, that's just like, I need to do that uh, for myself. Um, and then my day, then pretty much my day starts right when I get in the office, right? It's like that morning meeting with my office manager. We're going to run through the whole day, even though it's in her calendar, we're going to run through it and she's going to know that something happened the night before. Cause a lot of times I'll sell a house the night before, or, you know, one of the team members will, and we just want to be on par with each mm-hmm. other. Like a lot of communication in my office, probably overly communicated, but that's what our clients love. Uh, and that will go into then creative meetings with my team, uh, marketing meetings, individual meetings. And then obviously I have clients, right? So listing appointments, buyer appointments, um, you know, social media, time blocking social media stuff for like our posts and stuff like that. Video marketing, seeing how the videos are going to be recording videos, recording motivational videos for the team. All this stuff is every single day, right? Dinner with the kids is always time blocked in there. So I always scoot home for dinner with the kids. You know, if the T-ball's that night, driving the T-ball and then maybe a listing appointment, you know, at eight o'clock. So it must look like your calendar because the one thing I don't time block is like my before and afters. Okay. So like I like, you know, so your calendar must be from like six o'clock in the morning until like 9 p.m. at night where mine are literally be- like between like a nine and five type thing because that's when Rowan goes to daycare and then that's when I can crush yeah. work. Yeah. So it's like, but it sounds like you even time block in the in-betweens. Yeah, because I don't want them booking me. Like, do not book me that appointment during that time if I know I got to be there for, you know, if I got to drive grade uh, swimming lessons. Like, yeah. don't book me a listing appointment because now I'm fucked, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Becky has to either, you know, be with the twins or maybe she'll have to take them all or, or whatever. Or maybe the twins have gymnastics that night. Who knows? They're swimming. Yeah. So it's, it, everyone knows on my team, look at the calendar before you, like when they're on the phone with a client booking a listing appointment, yeah. their calendar, the calendar's right up there. Yeah. They're not just going, oh yeah, two at two o'clock on Tuesday. He, he'll make that work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we give them options and then, um, not because of an ego thing, like you need to pick my time. It's more or less like we're usually booked up a week in advance, but we'll squeeze you in somehow. It's just like, these are our options. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's very like, uh, and like my whole team's on those calendars. So you yeah. got like Bobby's calendar, Teresa's, Jana's, Brandon's, uh, Ashley's, Nicole. So like this calendar's fucking like Huge. crazy, right? Yeah. But I mean, I love, that is what excites me is seeing a busy calendar. I don't care how many homes we sold this month. It's great to hear. I want to know how many appointments have we set? Because I know that will equal X amount of homes you know, X amount of families that are excited about their new property or we're listing their property. So I like to see appointments. If I don't see listing appointments or buyer appointments in the calendar, that makes me very angry. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like that's what I need to see those constantly booked. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, that's really valuable for anybody that's listening and that's starting in a business. It's like time block when you're going to be on social media, time block when you're going to be making those like potential calls to clients, right? When you're trying to do like sales calls, time block when you're going to be doing content creation, whether it be for a blog, whether it be for Pinterest, like whatever it is, time block all these things in. Don't just like fly by the seat of the night or whatever that saying is. (laughs) Fly by the night. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. Fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, that's. I don't think. 
fly I by the it, seat of the night. I think that's for like a different industry. Is that for Aladdin? I, th- yeah, I think oh, it might be. Yes. Oh, God. oh my God. I try guys. I try. Um, but yeah, I shouldn't, I should never do those things because I'm, I never, I never wrong. nail them. That's like me with quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I know we've been kind of like chatting and I, I hope people are still listening. Cause this is, it, this is a very valuable chat. Although we're not talking about sex, like all our other episodes that we're talking <laughs> about something, but, um, I do have one more question for you before we go on to some of our, uh, listener questions about real estate. Yeah. Is, what do you consider success? And then I want to piggyback that with what makes you feel badass. Um, I, well, I sort of touched on this, I guess, earlier on. Um, what makes me feel badass is what I said is like knowing the responsibility I have every single day to not just like show up, but to, like to deliver, right? Knowing that, you know, Donna signed a listing with me and her financial outcome is in my hands, right? Is like what makes me feel badass. Cause like, I know I will get her to the finish line. Right. Um, raising a family with three kids and my like, you know, amazingly beautiful wife is what feels badass to me to go home to them, even though it's fucking nuts some nights, especially at their age. But like that makes me feel awesome. Right. Can I just attest that your wife is me and Ashley talk about this a lot, oddly, not to be creepy, but she's beautiful. <laughs> she's like, stunning. she's so beautiful. But she's also a beautiful person. Yeah. Like, it's not like she's just like a babe. Like, she's a beautiful. I person. like her teeth. That sounds weird. She's no, got she the best teeth. She, I get that a lot for her, like not for me. I get that a lot for her. Yeah, uh, is her teeth. Yeah, and it makes sense that it's her, her dad was a dentist. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, that's what makes me feel bad. Is like just having that responsibility uh, that that many people like rely on me. You know, the team, the family, clients. Like I thrive off of pressure like that. That's why I, you know, a lot of people are like, how can you do the volume you guys do? And a lot of my clients will say, I see how many listings you have. Can you take me on? It's like, you will not even know another client exists. And I know that sounds cheesy and everyone says that, but the systems are designed that way. Or I wouldn't be able to do this, right? But I just, I love that call saying, you know, you know, say we sold the home or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, like. Pure joy. It's awesome, right? Yeah. And again, and people are like, oh, really? Like that long? Do you still love it? I love it. And I love seeing uh, people celebrate when they're, you know, super happy. Um, and yeah, just having that responsibility is just like, I, I don't know if that'll ever go away. I love it. I love people counting on me. Uh, I, I love that. That does make you feel badass. Doing things for other people, it's unbelievable how much more that can actually gift you sometimes and it gifts them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do a couple of the, the questions here. Okay. So um, let me just pull them up. Sorry, one second. Okay. Um, one of them is from, um, Jen KL. What are the best places in your house to renovate in order to increase the resale? Yeah. I mean, this one's probably no surprise if people watch, you know, a lot of HGTV and stuff. I guess. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Kitchen. Yeah. Yay! So, (laughs) So I'd say the kitchen. I'd also say though, um, paint always goes such a long way too. And I'm not just talking about painting the walls, painting, painting your trim, you know, the baseboards, the door trim doors, just making it look super fresh. No one loves to walk into a home that they're about to buy and it looks super worn, mm-hmm. right? So even sometimes, because a lot of people don't have money to renovate their kitchen, yeah. right? And impr- improve that value. Sometimes just putting the lipstick on the home, right? Yeah. Can improve the value just by its like, showability. In this market we're in right now, buyers are insanely picky because there's so much to choose right out there. Yeah. So 
you need to stand out above the crowd. So sometimes, you know, you know, two years ago, you didn't have to paint. You didn't have to have the new kitchen. Your home was selling because there's nothing on the market. Now you got to make sure it pops a bit, right? And shows amazing online. So people stop in their tracks and go, I got to see this home. So as much as it's like, I can easily say kitchens, bathrooms, but like not everyone has a hundred thousand dollars out there to dump into their home. Sometimes just painting certain decor, like, there's certain stores out there right now. Like, I, I was just in StruckTube the other day for the first time. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed like, with it. that store is amazing for people wanting to either, like, freshen up their home or, like, first-time buyers that don't have that huge budget. Like, it's so cheap in there, but the quality is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, yeah. sometimes it's just, like, freshening up certain things. Like, I always offer a stager that's included in my fees, so they're not paying that extra stage. We do things with homes that, like, people are just, like, I can't even believe this is my house, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I would have like, almost, I I would have almost stayed here, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's easy to say the big ticket items, but sometimes just like freshing up the landscaping, just making it look fresh is like that curb appeal and like first impression you go in, it's just nice and clean. Yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Cause not a lot of people have the eye no. to see past that. No. Yeah. And I, I would say too, don't follow crazy, crazy trends. Like it's nice to obviously put the trendiest looking kitchen together, but are you going to want that if you're staying there in three years? Mm-hmm. Right? Like. I would say make it timeless still if you're working with an interior designer. Let her know because they love trends. Let them know, like, I want it trendy still, but, like, timeless. I don't want to have to rip this thing out in five years because barn board's out now, mm-hmm. right? Or, like, that – I don't even know what else is trendy right now. There's so many shit. But it's just, like, just make it still timeless so it, like, will last longer. Yeah. Because those are expensive renovations. Yeah. yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yep. Okay, next one is from um, Kendra Down, Kendra A. Down. Renting versus buying and some tips for saving uh, for a house when you are already renting. Okay, um, I mean, I'm obviously biased on this because of doing resale real estate. Um, I still think owning real estate is more profitable than renting. I don't really see a profit in renting. Some people will say, well, by the time you pay the taxes and all this stuff, I've broken down the numbers. It is still profitable renting, especially when there's typically on average a three to 5% growth year after year. We've had a couple uh, weird years lately, but. Um, you mean profitable buying. You profitable pro- buying. Yeah. Sorry, did I say profitable renting? Yeah. Oh, geez. Just edit, edit <laughs> that. Pull it together, Edit, 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 edit that out. We're going on two hours now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, ways of um, saving when you're renting, because that's really hard, because even the rent is very high right now in Durham region, so I find it, it's got to be very difficult for people to save, but I would say go through your budget with, like, a comb and, like, or a fine-tooth comb. What do people say? You're yeah, fine-tooth yeah. comb. Fine-tooth comb? comb? Yeah. I actually know that one. I know. <laughs> I just put out the fine-tooth, I just said the, a comb. <laughs> Anyways, a fine-tooth comb, <laughs> and really, like, there's lots of things that you might not even know you're spending money, like subscriptions you're signed up for, dumb shit that it's coming off your credit card. Go through that, and you might literally be saving a couple hundred bucks just going through things you really don't need, right? You like, probably don't need a Starbucks coffee every damn day. Yeah, like those are things, like, and, I, and I know I've had many clients that I'm like super proud of them. Like, holy shit, you actually saved this amount. That means you really wanted it. I feel like if you have, you know, the income, but you're just overspending, you really don't want to possibly buy. If you make it like that's a priority and a goal, it might take you time. It might take you a few years, but like you'll get there, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's yeah, it's like you said, not going to Starbucks every single day, not eating out, not doing skip the dishes every fucking day, right? Yeah. It's like maybe you got to just make food at home and it's way cheaper to do that or make a coffee before you go. Little things that a lot of our first-time buyers have actually done and a year later they're like, I'm ready to, I'm, I now have that down payment and I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an awesome, you know, moment to see people, people do it. Yeah. Right? You just got to want it. 
or push your ego aside. And sometimes you got to move back with a parent. Totally, man. Right. And maybe like you're some- not driving. Maybe you're not driving your Audi A4. Right. Yeah. And you're renting. Maybe it's like you know what? I'll get that later on. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, yeah, move back in with the parents. Yeah. So you know what? This is just something we got to do for a year. And I always find if you put it down as a plan of like this is an, a twelve month plan, right? Or like a nine month plan, it looks better on paper like that than just sort of going, you know, whatever you said, flying by the sea of your night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think the mistake a lot of people make too is they think, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just spend less money. But unless you have like a plan in place, like for me, I have an automatic withdrawal that yeah. comes out the first of every month that is going towards me saving for a house. Yeah. That just comes out. If I was to be like, oh, at the end of the month, I'll see what I have left over and I'll save that. Yeah. I'll have nothing and, left yeah, over. You won't. Like you I just think that's have awesome. To... That, that, like that's an awesome way of setting it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, just really like smart. it's painful, but it's like sometimes you have to, it has, you have to go through that pain to get to that end result. Yeah. And it's like whether or not maybe you have it that month or you don't, it's gone. And it's like. Like that will get me that house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't maybe have the, the greatest tips on saving because you'd have to sort of, the best part is to meet with a mortgage rep. That'd be my biggest advice. Meet with a mortgage rep. They're oh, going to okay. go through your budget, do like a budget diet for them. And, and then maybe sort of start saying, Hey, if you save this amount a month, boom, homeownership is something that will be realistic for you in a, in a year or two. Okay. Mortgage right? rep. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that you could go almost for like an audit. Yeah. I can re- I can refer them to a mortgage rep and then they could. So DM Mike if you want to, yes, if you want go. one. Um, okay. One more question. This one's from Jamie Towns about income property. Okay. If you don't have a down payment in cash, what's the smartest way to pay 30 to 35% down payment on a second home? So for starters, you don't, you'd only need 20%. On that income property, so you don't even need 30 or 35. Um, so it's less, which is a good thing for that um, question. I, again, w- I would meet with their bank uh, or a mortgage rep or call someone like myself to evaluate their home. We'll send that into the bank because they can probably borrow the equity from their home if they have enough equity. Mm-hmm. So that way, most investors don't touch their own money, mm-hmm. right? They, that, that's not the game. They don't want to be pulling their own cash out to buy income property. So someone like myself who's an investor... I'll look at one of my properties and say, how much equity do I have in there? You got to keep 20% in that property, but do I have enough to put down, you know, another 50 K on another property? Mm-hmm. So you're not borrowing your own money. Yes. Your mortgage goes up on that property, but the one you just bought, the rental income should balance out what, what the payment is on that. Yep. Oh yeah. Does that yeah. sound really fun and interesting to you guys? No, it does. <laughs> it does. I like it. Yeah, so I like you're just it. borrowing equity. You're just leveraging your investments. Yeah. Right. So whoever wh- that question was, if whatever home they own, yeah. if they have good equity in that home, they can go buy a property yeah. if they're approved yeah. with the equity from their home. I know who this is. I'm pretty sure she would have some equity in the home okay. with her husband by now. Okay. Um, okay. Why? I just have one follow up question to that. Why 20% not 30 to 35? That's just the... That's just the rule on the minimum okay. uh, requirement for secondary properties, 20%. Okay. Yeah. Again, the, I don't know who their lender is. They might have told them a different number, but okay. I know I can So just one question. If people have additional questions, because obviously we didn't get to answer them all because yeah. we've been recording for an hour and 24 minutes. Holy shit. That's a long <laughs> one. Oh my goodness. Um, can they DM you or is there somewhere you could send them? And do you have like a information email that they could send to or? Well, Kaylee, since you asked, <laughs> we are running um, a fall real estate cues and cocktails in our backyard at our office on October 3rd. I think you guys said I could put the link in, in yep. this. Yeah, we'll put the show. We'll yeah. put your link in the show so, notes for people. Yeah, so yep. Bobby Mitchell on our team is going to um, host that. You can follow her at Move With Bobby as well, and she'll have all the information there. Uh, and again, it's pretty much you can just show up. Whether you're a first-time buyer, you own a home right now, maybe you had a couple kids and you need something bigger to upgrade to, uh, ask any question you want there, and she will answer anything. And again, it's October 3rd, which is a Thursday, 
and it is 6 to 7.30, so it's nice and short. It's not a typical boring buyer seminar. Uh, it's going to be a little more laid back, casual. With cocktails. With cocktails, yeah. And um, and she's super awesome, too, so she'll answer she's a, any she's questions. She's a badass. She is a badass, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, oh, my God, thank you so much. We picked your brain yeah. probably for a little bit longer than you were anticipating. No, it's all good. Um, but that was a really good episode. We would love for you guys to check out the show notes so you can, so you can follow Mike and his team and then learn about this event. And, yeah, we, uh, we can't thank you enough for time blocking us into your yeah. schedule. <laughs> We feel so special. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, everyone, make today badass. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Badass Podcast. If you could do us a huge favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, we would be so grateful because you have no idea how much that helps us grow our podcast. Yeah, and as an incentive and a little bonus, we're going to be doing a monthly giveaway and it's going to be kind of a mix of everything that we have to offer. So one month it could be Royally Fit Online, joining our community. It could be from the Badass Boutique or maybe even just some like free recipes and like a coaching call or something with us. We will figure it out month by month as we go. So yeah, please go over iTunes, podcast app, leave us a five-star review. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Spare Room Studios.